Yo, what's up everybody? This is Yay Yay Martinez. This is Big And this is Beauty and the Beast Mode Podcast episode number. Ooh, it doesn't really matter because we're just going and going. Hefe, what's up, brother? What's up? What was that song that you played? A little Megan Trainor. Oh, okay. Oh, all about that bass, bass. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably, probably not exactly like that, but. Uh. I think it's all about that bass. Got that bass. About that bass. With us today is uh, one of our favorite guests here at Beauty and the Beast Mode, who is becoming uh, like a mainstay, like a staple, like a, uh, uh, what else do they call it when somebody keeps coming back? A mainstay, a staple. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Hyam is here with us today. Hey, guys. The Professor. <laughs> that's, his, that's his nickname for the show now. Uh, why, so am I, does, why am I getting shit on so early in the show? Sh- I shat on you? Silently. Did I shat? I didn't shat on you. Silently. What? what? By my song choice. Well, I, I, it was unexpected. Okay. I was just trying to figure out what it was. <laughs> uh, same. Very interesting. Same, same. Uh, unexpected, and I was trying to figure out what it was. Okay. Sounded like a WWE entrance song. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on with you, Big Jeff. Yo, Big Jeff. Uh, so we are back, man. Um, last last time we had a great episode. We started to talk about all the '80s movies and stuff. And so today, what we decided to do, because we've been sitting here for a couple of hours, and we actually put on an '80s movie. Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf action. Yeah, man. It's, a, it's actually holds up well. It does hold up. Yep. And I actually had a crush on that girl that he had a crush on in the movie. Hmm. Actually, both of them, because the other one was the... Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> what? No, the other girl, that the girl that likes him that he doesn't like in the movie. Hmm. I, liked, I liked them both. Anyways, man. Man, like I'm here with my chick that you wrote. Not in a bad way. I mean, in the eye roll. Not in a bad way. I mean, in the eye roll. <laughs> well, you said I was like a 16 year old, so I just started repeating everything that you said. That's what my niece does to me, man. Left out you, Dad. That's what I Man, really? Oof. Fun you, Dad. It's been more civil lately. Oh, yeah? There, uh, there's like a lot of people yeah, in here, man. Don't remember, but I know I can hear it, but I just can't hear him finish that sentence. And he had the whole like upper class like, hello, Peewee. See, this is the, this is the thing. Not, not to continue to go down the path of the '80s discussions, but. Like the ADOs had like the ADOs. <laughs> the AD, uh, This is what we're gonna call them now. The cameo appearances from the same actors you would see in all these movies, like in the '80s movies, like they would appear in all these other movies, and it's like they would have these small parts, these cameo parts. So we call them ADOs. We can go with it, but I don't think it's like cameos. Cameos when you're famous and you do a little bit part. These are guys just trying to make a career and it didn't take off. Like, yeah, but, but you recognize them. Okay, every, every fair movie, enough. You're like, oh, 
guy from? Got it. Is that the true definition of a cameo appearance? Which, yours or mine? Yours. I mean, I don't know. That's what I always thought a cameo is when someone does like a bit part in a movie as like an acknowledgement thing. So like if someone was, when they remake a movie, right? And the actor who was in the, the first time shows up and is like, hey, and like waves in the background. You're like, oh, that's a cameo. He's not really there. Yeah. Like, I feel like, Pee Wee's nemesis here is fighting for his career in Teen Wolf. You yeah, know? yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Very well. The, pro- the, the professor wins again. <laughs> Fran, oh, did you Google it? 2017 is the year of Googling. What? We got a month left, bro. Like 2009. I'm just saying we don't have no fact check on the show. So. Hefe. I'm stepping out of my Fact check. So we're going to take the T off of both of these words. We're going to take the T off of fact and take the K off of check. Fact check. I'm done with getting shit upon it. I'm going to surf on top of a Wolfmobile truck. Uh, we were talking at the beginning of the year when we had Peter, the Chinese food delivery guy here, right? About, or was it the, the episode before when we were talking about what are we going to do to step into 2017? Right? I said I was going to step out of my comfort zone. You said you were going to play the trumpet. I said I was stepping out of my comfort zone. That was my... And you did. You do, yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing some fantastic things with that right now. Yeah, yeah. What was yours? I remember. I think I said I was going to plan to record a comedy album in 2018. You definitely didn't say that. <laughs> but that is planned. Right. What? No, I want to talk about your stuff first. I would like to talk about 2018. No, backtrack. Recording a live comedy album that'll be 45 minutes to 60 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. In an intimate venue. Mm-hmm. In front of a sold out crowd. It's <laughs> in front of a sold out intimate crowd. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that, man. It's, it's an... It is on. It is on. It is on the books. First comedy album. Yeah, yeah. We got. We got to put it out there to the universe, man. Recorded live. Recorded live. Put it out Raw, there to the universe. No Raw, no edits. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, and that's that's the way it'll be, man. You know. I mean, you've been to the shows before. Whatever happens, happens, man. So, uh, but for you, this year, you actually embarked upon something that you wanted to do for a very long time. And then your big moment was about to happen, and all of a sudden, bum, bum, bum. So, so tell us about that. Life just got in the way, and I normally never do anything for myself. You know, the wife always tells me, like, you never buy this, and you never do that. You don't do anything for yourself. Normally, I just go to work, come home, go to work, come home. And finally, a friend of mine, Sade, shout out. Been on the episode, been on the podcast before. Been on the podcast before. Uh, And 
she hit me up and said, oh, by the way, UNS is having a course on getting paid for talks. That was what it was called. From that, I enrolled in another program, which I've been doing voiceover classes over the phone, and I just finished my last one. But to get to that. Do they, do they talk about p- pace when you talk? This episode will be titled Jeff Getting Shit On. (laughs) So, what the deal is, the other day I had my third class scheduled, and I left work at 4 o'clock, and my class was scheduled for 5 30. I live 20 miles away, which normally takes about 25 minutes. If there's traffic, about 30 minutes. So, is this fucking fast enough for you? <laughs> so, sure enough, I left at 4 o'clock, and I get on I-95 going south, and there's dead stop traffic. Oh, no. So, little did I know that there was a flipped over traffic Which trailer. Which is not normal for Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> it's not normal, but there are normally freaking stupid little accidents where everybody's slowing down, but... Plenty of time to get home, right? 25 minutes normally. Even if there's an accident, 30, 35 minutes, I have an hour and a half. My class is scheduled for 5.30. I am still nowhere near home at 5.30. Literally dead stop. Guy calls me on my phone. He's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Here to do it. Luckily, thinking ahead, I printed out all my copy ahead of time. So it was like 30 pages of copy. What? Yeah. So they were all different, like all different things. Like there was one that was like a uh, movie uh, trailer. There was one that was. Do that voice real quick. In a world. Oh man! Yo, you should have brought the copies with you, man. That would have been fantastic. I have copies that I didn't use in my car. Give me the keys. I'll go and grab them while you tell the story. But so on each of these, essentially, you're acting. Did you have to? You have to do them in like different voices. And it wasn't like, hey guys, blah blah blah, you know. <laughs> where, where are they? Huh? Where are they at? Located in the vehicle. On the passenger seat. No, in the middle or on the floor. <laughs> in the back seat. That de-escalated quickly. <laughs> so winds up that here it is, five thirty. Dude calls me. I'm like, this may be a first for you, but I'm literally dead stopped in the traffic jam. It's stop and go, blah blah blah. But I printed out the copy. So, sure enough, I start, and I'm steering with my elbow, because now it's dark out. So I have both of my lights on, and inside the car, steering with my elbow, trying to read with my left hand, and then talk on the phone. So you're potentially, like, getting ready to contribute to this traffic problem. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, So, winds up that I'm reading so shitty, because... I'm sitting there trying to look at the copy, then look up, look at the copy, look up, and it's totally not getting the feeling or anything that I wanted. So sure sure enough, I, I at one point just pull over on the side of the road for like the last 20 minutes, and the dude was like, oh, this is a little better. I'm like, well, I pulled over. So um, so winds up from here, and then finally it took me about four hours to get home. 
Four hours. Four hours. That's normally a 30-minute drive. And when I got all the way up to where, like, all the flashing lights and the cops were, no overturned tractor trailer, no debris, nothing. Well, at least they cleaned it up for you. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like, what the hell, you know? Um, so that was that. So from here, December 22nd, I actually have to go to Orlando to go to a recording studio and record my demo and the whole thing. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait to get a preview tonight. Obviously, I think uh, Jason should type up some unique ones. You know what I mean? Some nice. that you should have to read. Nice. So Yee ran down to my car to get the copy that I didn't use. I was telling oh, Jeff. this is a good one. Why is this the first one? I just grabbed him. I didn't look at it. Depression. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Jeff, you should type up ones for him to do for practice before he goes down to Orlando. Just oh. off the wall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like, give us, give us, put, here, turn him over, and we're all going to draw one out like a card, and we're all going to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all are? Yeah, we all are. We all are. You get to pick your own, though. So... And then Brian and I, we make it like a conversation. Some of these are like audio books. Some of these might be like like a commercial or something like that. We're going to see if we can make this flow like a conversation. So Brian's going to take one. It's going to work. Watch. Part of like doing the whole voiceover thing that I've learned is that, like, yeah, I have a deep voice and all this other stuff, but it's not just a voice that's needed. I'm not even going to lie. I missed seven seconds of what you said. <laughs> I was... Listen, 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 listen. I, uh, well, I saw a Facebook notification, and I looked, and it was you tagging us, but then you got a video of me talking to social media, and I'm like, I told you, this dude always gets me at, like, these just terrible moments. Inception moment? All right, so let's do this conversation thing. So, uh, conversation thing. What do you mean? So th- we're gonna make this conversational, right? So you're gonna say your part, and then when Brian chimes in, when the professor chimes in, he's gonna make it seem like it's a conversation, like he's responding to you with his, and then I'll respond to him with mine. So we're reading the whole script. Yeah. Or we're just reading like a sentence, giving someone a chance to jump in. No, no, no. He reads. He reads his script, right. and then you read yours as if you're responding to him. Right? Yeah. Okay, I'll go first then. You read yours and then I'll read mine and then you read yours. See if you figure it out by then, Professor. I don't get it either. You know what? The listeners get it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just me. We all know this one. Amy just wasn't acting like herself. I thought maybe it would just go away. But it didn't. Finally, she got the help she needed. Is a serious issue that affects people of all ages. Don't let it hurt someone you care about. Amy, if you're looking for a happening place to spend your Saturday night, come spend some time at the Vamp. Enjoy dinner and drinks in a club where you can actually hear your date and afterwards catch the vibe of the best live jazz combos on the scene today. Amy, dress up and chill out at the Vamp. The only place for hot dates and cool jazz. And if that's not your scene, there's another option. 
As a librarian, people didn't think of me as being a bit, well, uptight. But when night rolls around, you'll find me at the Loaded Hog. <laughs> it's the wildest, rowdiest motorcycle bar around. It's a party that never stops. Well, until I have to go back to the library, that is. That worked out perfectly, man. That worked out perfectly. See? There you go. She went to the Vamp Club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the loaded hog. Hey, read another one, Jeff. So that one was about, read something a little more uplifting, bro. And it, this has to be in a different tone and everything now, right? What else is over? You got a whole stack here, man. This is, I, I did not. Yeah, well, here, yeah, yeah, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Here. All right. Do you still have your, throw your old one out? We're going to play this game again. This time you go after him, Brian, and I'll go after you. What's the prize? Ain't no prize, man. We, we, this is practice. We talking about practice? Practice? I got to practice a whole load of shit before I go record. Well, here we go. Oh, wow. This one is a long one. All right. Ooh, Bri, Bri. Oh! This, uh, this is crazy. I don't know how I'm going to do this. So All right. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me different things about, you know, you have to look. He said normally you'll get copy mm-hmm. like the day of when you walk in. Yeah. So you don't have time to study it. But he said the big reason for that is because they don't want you to get your own perception of how they want it read. Yeah. So you show up and then they'll kind of direct you. Oh, this is awesome, man. So, this is a cool course. An interesting, like, yeah. insight into this industry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. (laughs) This one is entitled Day of Revenge. Ready? We've been ready, sucker. So if he says whenever if he hands it to me, so if he hands it to me and he says whenever you're ready, and I just sit there for like ten minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. This Friday, action explodes with the blockbuster you've been waiting for. Day of Revenge is coming to a theater near you. Don't miss this sizzling suspense thriller featuring action superstars. Russ Keating and Christine Solomon. Day of Revenge, rated R. So, if you're tired of living out your fantasies in movies, there's a whole other avenue you can take. When I was a kid, I used to get in trouble for staring at the sky when I should have been paying attention in class. Now that I'm flying fighter jets every day, staring into the sky is what I do best. Enlist in the armed forces and turn your daydreams into a career. I forgot what Jeff's was. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> Action. Also starring Andy Kaufman. Although best known for his role as Lotka from the television show Taxi, 
Andy Kaufman actually despised sitcoms. In fact, during many live performances, rather than appear as Latka, Andy would instead elect to read large portions of The Great Gatsby to a frustrated audience. He considered himself a song and dance man, not a comedian. A masterful prankster, he delighted in creating chaos and confusion around himself and would often perform as a confrontational lounge singer, Tony Clifton, harassing audience members to the point of being booed off stage. Other times, he would intentionally do several bad impressions before blowing audiences away with a spot-on Elvis impersonation. Although Kaufman died of lung cancer in 1984, many still believe he staged his death, his biggest prank yet. I saw the Netflix. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Have you heard this? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? Jim and Andy. It is like, okay, so like obviously like being a comedian, like so I I listened to what Jim Carrey was saying and watched what Andy Kaufman was saying or Andy Kaufman was doing and I was like, wow, this is crazy. But then this dude took it to another level. So in, in the special, it talks about how Jim Carrey actually acted as Andy Kaufman the entire time. And there's all this footage of him just being Andy Kaufman on the set, like when they're not filming the actual movie, not like being Andy Kaufman to Andy Kaufman's mom, like not breaking it back, like not going to becoming Jim Carrey, like being actually and acting as Andy Kaufman, even to Andy Kaufman's mom. So kind of like surpassing Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Have you heard about his antics? Oh, yeah. Have you heard about this? <laughs> like taking it to a whole nother level. We just did an intense sign language uh, interchange here. Whenever you're ready. That was intense for, hey, you need another beer? <laughs> oh, I thought he was asking if he could have one. I'm like, yeah, of course you can have one. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He does like the same thing. Like when he's on set, apparently, uh, for what was it, Lincoln? Lincoln, I think. And, like, everyone, even when the cameras weren't rolling, had to refer to him as President Lincoln and, like, stayed in character the whole entire time and would, like, lose his shit if someone was on a cell phone, like, to manage to stay in character. That's crazy. Whole nother level. Could you, ima- could you imagine if Jeff, Jeff just walked around all day like, <laughs> hey, you, time to clean your bed. <laughs> time to wake up and clean that bathroom. Oh, hi, babe. Did you know... That if you put the cap on the toothpaste, the toothpaste actually sneaks. Imagine if you talk like that all day long. In a world where your room doesn't smell like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers, brother. Ooh. Rough rooms. <laughs> so, but I highly recommend it. There were points that, like, it gave me, it legitimately gave me goosebumps. And, like, it almost made me tear up. Speaking of tearing up. The day after Thanksgiving, I went to go see the movie Coco. Brother Man, best movie of 2017. Like, Coco should be in the running for whatever Academy Award, Grammy, whatever, best picture. For animation? Nah, for legit film, bro. Forget the animation stuff. Like, put this up against whatever other film is out there. Yeah, yeah, do it. Do do the top the top rated movies of 2017 that came out. Coco should win Best Picture. That was that was last year, wasn't it? 
That was 2016, I think. Oh, no, what was the movie? Get Out. Wasn't that this? Get Out was this year. So that's what I'm saying. Like, why not flip it on its head? Why does it have to be like, like, if Coco was the best picture out, period, like, don't categorize Get Out and put it in a comedy. Don't categorize Coco and put it in animation. Like, if these were the best films. Is it really the best film? Brother Man, it is. I'm trying to tell you, this was the best film, man. Period. Mm-hmm. So that's the new Denzel movie, which, in my books, Denzel is the best actor of our time. I love him. Mm-hmm. I saw Thor Ragnarok this uh, past weekend. That's about it. So, so. I'm, <laughs> I'm like a movie nerd, so I saw Thor also. Like, I'll go to the movies. If something starts yeah. out, I'll go once a week. Speaking of Thor really quick, that, that Avengers trailer came out, oh. and they said that event. They said that Avengers trailer is better than any DC movie that has come out. <laughs> so it's funny. Me and the guys were a bunch of geeks at work, so we were talking about how DC definitely has it down when it comes to animated movies and cartoons. Like they blow Marvel away. But so movies. So they've got broken up into categories, but at one of the things that first movies that pops up is that Get Out. Have you seen that? It's supposed to be. Oh, I haven't seen it, but everything's twenty-five. I'm not gonna go through the whole list. Just some keynotes. Twenty-five at the bottom of the list is Wonder Woman, which let's see here. What else? What else? Is that by uh, money or is it? I think it's. Well, I should probably do a little bit more research here. This is. You know what? This doesn't even make sense. This is Esquire magazine. Why are we looking at this shit? Is like, let's find something like a little bit more legitimate. So, Coco, there's a good sip of coffee right there. There we go. I got IMDb's. There. And what, what, what did you ask IMDb? It's best moves of 2017. So they're All right, let's see. Thing. So, Okja, OKJA. That was on Netflix. All right, well, they're saying it's pretty damn good. Um, Blade Runner, which hasn't even come out yet, so that's interesting. Blade Runner did come out. It's already out. It was a couple months ago. I'm, are you serious? Yeah. They said that's one of the best movies? Yeah. But so IMDb is like a mix of how it's it's like user submitted likes, reviews by critics, and then money, right? So it's like a mix of all these different things. Dunkirk is on there. How many? So Blade Runner. I how heard. many constitute votes though? Like how many? I don't know their algorithm, man. Like I'm just I just know it's like a mixed thing. That's what we brought you here for to figure out algorithms. <laughs> Blade Runner. I Yeah, I don't know if I trust this list. <laughs> Moral of the story, you say Coco's amazing. Coco's amazing. Listen. Listen, all I keep hearing is about how amazing this best picture of the year, 2017. Give it to it right now. Right now, give it to it. Well, it's a family movie, right? It's a great story, but also from... Just uh, uh, it, it's diverse, okay. right? And it also gives you a lot of background. And I don't know, like, but it gives you background into like Dia de los Muertos, okay. right? So everybody around here celebrating uh, all these Mexican holidays and stuff. How about you get to know about 
some of the stuff. It's very it's culturally aware. Culturally aware. Okay. Is that different from diverse? Yeah, diverse would imply that it's talking about a bunch of different cultures. So it's very culturally aware about. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. <laughs> Professor, that's what we brought. We brought you here to break down culturally diverse and uh, what was the other term? Professor dropping the mic. Culturally diverse. You just said diverse. Culturally aware. He said culturally aware. I said diverse. Uh, the professor is taking a quick break, but he's going to be right back after these messages. But Coco, family movie, um, culturally aware, diverse, tugs at your heartstrings. It's not, a, it's not just a kid's movie. So I have nothing, I don't know anything about the movie. I know that I saw the preview, because I don't pay attention to animated movies. So no, tell me. Neither do I. So the plot is that there's a family yep. of shoemakers, okay. right? And the one kid in the family doesn't want to be a shoemaker. The boy is the main character. He doesn't want to be a shoemaker, right? So he wants to be a musician okay. because he believes, well, he, he admires this old musician from back in the days, actor, musician, like think of somebody like, uh, yeah, well he's a mariachi, but he's been in movies, like you know what I'm saying, all of that stuff. Uh, so he admires and watches all his films and everything, plays the guitar, amazing. But his family has banned him from listening to and playing music because his grandmother dated a mariachi that left him, that left the family behind. So then they banned music. So he's been sneaking, practicing, playing the guitar and everything. And then Dia de los Muertos comes around. And so Dia de los Muertos comes around and Day of the Dead. So, I, I, and I didn't know this, I, and I still don't know. I mean, I don't know how well uh, Pixar depicted what, you know, Dia de los Muertos. Right. But you put a picture up of a family member and you remember them and then it allows their spirit to come and everything. So... So if you don't put a picture up, then their spirit stays on the other side. So long story short, he goes to find this mariachi who he thinks is his grandfather. No spoilers. Don't give away any spoilers. I just gave gave the half of the movie. But you didn't give the ending, so that's good. Hey, just do a spoiler alert. They can pause it or skip forward. Two minutes. Spoiler alert. Coco Fest movie 2017. Walk away. Walk away. So, goes after this dude in the afterlife, because now this mariachi's dead, uh, goes to find him, but then he starts to become a spirit himself. Uh, in order to get back, he has to get a blessing from somebody. And so he goes for this mariachi's blessing. Correct. So he's starting to turn into a spirit, and he finds all his other family members, and they don't want him to play music either. He finds the mariachi, and... The original, right, right, right. Turns out that's not his dad or his grandfather, right? But so the the picture that his grandmother has has the mariachi's face torn off, so you don't know who it is. But then there's his his uh, what do they call it in the in the hero's journey, like the mentor, the person that follows them along on a trail, um, just like like that. Like, in every movie, there's, like, that sidekick, that mentor that, that follows you and everything. 
So there's a, a sidekick for him following him through his journey. Um, did you figure it out, Professor? No, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. Give me a minute. I feel like we just talked about this too in yeah, our class. Yeah. Um, so anyways, turns out that that guy was actually his grandfather and that the mariachi he was looking for that was this big famous guy murdered his grandfather. So that's why his grandfather never came back to his grandmother. So they didn't know this. And then there's a big scene at the end and they got the cameras on them and all of the spirits can see and this guy's admitting and talking about why he actually did it and everything. And then the family comes brought back together. But, oh man, at the end of the movie, like, if you, if, yeah, anti is it antagonist? No, antagonist. Right, right. Yeah. So. So, anyways, when he goes over to the other side, his grandmother is actually sick. It, his his grandmother is actually sick, right? So then, when he comes back, like at the end of the movie, on the next Dia de los Muertos, his grandmother has passed away, but she's actually coming back with like her dad and everything, who's the mariachi and whatnot. So. It was, but yo, the last thirty minutes of the movie, I don't think there was a dry eye in that entire place. Man, it was phenomenal, and it should win Best Picture. You heard it here first. Maybe you heard it here first. So that's your call for best movie. So they straight up deal with murder. Like that's the first in like an animated. Well, movie doesn't deal with murder. No, but like they're like, oh yeah, he murdered me. It's just like, oh, he died in an accident. So and so caused the accident. It's like straight up murder. It is murder. That's pretty intense. That's why it feels like it's like what? You're like gripping. Dude, so the I remember when I took my kids to go see the movie Saw. Mm-hmm. My Pixar, right? Yeah, the first twenty minutes. Like, are they endorsing this? Like, are they funding you guys? Pixar. <laughs> love some Pixar money. Turn Jeff into a Pixar character. Oh, that's your next role, man. Give him a voiceover, Pixar! Give Jeff a voiceover job right now! <laughs> I could definitely do, like, a voice of a car. I'd probably do, like, a tractor trailer, right? With a deep voice. Uh, so you'd be, like, uh, Larry Cable? <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, let's go. What about Sully, the monster from Monsters Inc.? Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Can you be John Goodman? <laughs> so between John Goodman and Larry Cable guy, there's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, all right. Yeah, so up was just like so depressing the first fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? Yeah, man. I had no desire to watch the movie after that. I'm like, all right, we're good. I know. I'm sitting there looking at my kids, and they're looking at me like, what'd you bring me to, Dad? Like, mm-hmm. it's bad. So. All right, so uh, let me ask you. All right. Now what are you going to ask? Let me ask you some Ask. Is this a, like trivia ask, or is this like, hey, we're about to get deep ask? Deep. You're about to ask me a deep question. I'm guessing. You said that. You just said that. I know that you say that you don't want to date the top Or or like taller women. What? <laughs> <laughs> like everyone, so 
<laughs> Which is everywhere for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm I'm cool with dating taller women. So I, I was that's what I asked the question. Why don't you want to? Well here's the thing, right? We want this to be timeless, my brother. Timeless, right? So go go ahead and jump in, Professor. You look like you want to throw an elbow. Well no, I think there's a difference between talking about current events. And then as long as there's a takeaway, right? Like if we talk about, not we, you guys, and then I jump in. Uh, no, um, you. Talk about something. But if there's a larger takeaway, right, instead of just this one issue or this one event, then I think it makes sense, right? Or do you feel differently, Jason? I concur. Whoa. You guys made fun of me for my word usage last time. That's Crimson Tide, man. So if, it's, if, it's, if it sounds like something big, probably came from a movie. <laughs> No, I concur. Yes, we, w- we always want takeaways. But the reason I say I don't want to talk about like topical stuff is because then, in, in my opinion, it doesn't make it timeless. Because like our intent was for people to come to this and listen to the, the positive messages and, and hear about things that like, you just talk about in, in everyday conversation, uh, but that, that carries. Like We talked about 80s movies the other day. You know what I mean? So... Uh, things that would transcend all of that stuff and that if we put uh, uh, something topical on it or we talk only about something topical, then three weeks from now, it's not, people don't want to hear it anymore. It's been... It's like a time warp. Let's give them something to talk about. Hey, you know this song? Uh, there's a jingle. I thought it was a jingle for uh, like a Chevrolet or a truck. Uh, maybe it's Ford. When it goes, like a rock. You didn't know that was a song by Bob Seger? <laughs> I didn't know that was a song by Bob Seger. <laughs> I did not know this was a song by Bob Seger until yesterday when I was at uh, a comedy spot. And that came on, and I was like, yo, this is an actual song? And someone was like, yeah. You didn't know there's a song by Bob Seger? And I was like, I didn't. You were looking for the Chevy commercial from the 90s? I thought like a row of trucks was going to come up outside, man. Yeah, yeah, so. How come truck commercials never use hip-hop music? You were at the comedy place, and that song comes on, and dude walks up to you, and dude's just like, why the hell are you walking up to the Chevy commercial? No, 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 no. So the the show was done, and we're all just kind of hanging out. And then the song comes on, right? And it says, like a rock. And I was like. That's the only line you know, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the only line I know. I was like, this is a. I said, I, I thought this was a jingle. And he's like, dude, this is a song by. You didn't know this is a song by Bob Seger? And you just got the reaction by the yeah. professor, too. Yeah, and I was like, wait, 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 what's, what's happening? So, but, yeah. Hey, listen. Sometimes we got to put it out there and be like, hey, I didn't know this. Yep. And I didn't know this, guys. <laughs> so right. don't, don't judge me, okay? Okay, professor? No, no okay? You know, that was so judgy. That was a, man, you, I was about to get a double slap. Dude, I have no room, man. Of all people, I have no room when it comes to music. So, like, I just figured you're very, you're cultured in music, so I figured you'd know these things. Listen, I didn't become, correct me if I'm wrong with the term there, professor. Uh, culturized, 
cultured, a cult, cult, cultured, <laughs> cultured, like a, a like a like in a like in a petri dish. <laughs> Anyways, my uh, the music that I listened to growing up. I think we talked about this before. I didn't start listening to more uh, uh, to other kind of other kinds of music until I was in the Marine Corps. So, so this jingle that I that is actually a song I thought was a jingle this entire time until yesterday. Yeah, that was like a 1989 commercial too. That was a little later. I think it was in the 90s. But they still play. They still do that music. Do they still use that jingle? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who the voice was behind all the Ford truck commercials throughout all the years? Big Jeff. Mike Rowe for a while recently. Recently, but before him. I can't even hear one of their commercials. Dennis Leary. Really? Yeah, I know. De- Did you learn he's still in your no- class? Is he still doing it? Dennis Leary's newer, I thought. No. Could have sworn oh, I just Leary. heard him. Could have sworn I just heard him. He might. Still he might come back, or he might come came back. Like the right. All the research showed that people reacted more positively. For a second, I was thinking when you said Dennis Leary, I was in my head. I had pictured Dennis Miller. Question, what is this question that you want to ask us that people five years from now are going to go back and say, you know what, I, I, I remember some guys talking about that particularly. I'm going to go back and listen to that. What is it? <laughs> it sounds like it will be very depressing in five years because it's something about like a changing moment and nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing's like, oh, changed. Shit, like, <laughs> what, does it protect, what does it have to do with? Maybe we can talk about it at, at that kind of level. What does it have to do with? Like it's like it's arguable, right? Like some people could say there's there's instances of it back to the 1700s, yes. and like you know what I mean. Like it's it's like civil rights. Like, like when did the civil rights movement? It was like the 60s, and people are like nah, it started before the Civil War, right? Like, right. but so it's so they're they're saying 1769 that the colonies adopted the English system, decreeing women cannot own property in their own name or keep their own earnings. 1700 in the year of our Lord, 1769. I feel like you just like saying 69 over and over, Jeff. God, you put a lot of emphasis on it. Guys, guys, I love it. So Rewind the tape and listen to him say that. <laughs> so the reason why I'm even talking about this, right, is because we've talked about similar type stuff but with different people struggling, right? African-Americans we spoke about throughout the years and desegregation. Black people are African-Americans. Black people. Okay. So we spoke about segregation and desegregation and all that stuff. So right now, what's going on? Wait, so did you got to say, Professor? No, I don't have to say anything. Uh, I was just like... I, when you said we, was I there? No. Okay. All right, that's what I thought. Was he there? Sucker, you've been here for two episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have the best memory, man. 
Right, right, right. My wife is an amazing woman. Uh, my mom's still around. My mother-in-law. And I look at them, and I think sometimes, like I'm trying to raise them in strong, independent women. I've spoken of before. Mm -hmm. Your daughter's not your wife my and your mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it makes me sad and angry sometimes thinking about the world that they're going to go into as they get older and go on their own and, and um, stuff that they could deal with and be treated a certain way that's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. It makes me angry because I think that women are amazing. I think that women, you know, they go through the whole birthing process if they have children. They're strong and beautiful and amazing. And I look throughout history at all the things that they had to overcome and are still dealing with. So what? So what are you saying is not right? You didn't. You didn't say it. So there, I don't feel. Or there I, I didn't. Are men in the world, right? Because we're women being. There are men in the world. Well, you can who use their power to. Right, right. Mistreat women. Right, right, right. Okay. The whole quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. The whole I am your boss. Mm -hmm. Right. Sexual, it's coming down to sexual harassment, not just a sexual harassment, but sexual assault. Mm hmm. And just, it's, I mean, day by day, week by week, the list is getting bigger and bigger and bigger of, yeah. of people that this has happened to. Mm -hmm. The sad thing is that some people are like, this is just all coming out of the media, it's just covering this because. Is that rhetorical? Give me your feelings on this, Seth. Oh. You have to hear me out, but True. I think you're obviously referencing the hashtag me too, right? Like the, the whole, it's a very specific moment right now. There's a lot of people coming out. Maybe um, for I don't some mean people to who may not know, explain what hashtag me too is. Um, it started out in Hollywood with a lot of the... Uh, like you said, quid pro quo, sexual favors for potential advancements in a career. 
and it has kind of continued to evolve uh, and into the business world and other areas where men in power have used that position uh, to offer advancements for women for sexual favors. I'm trying to be as like professional discussing this as possible. And it's much more complex than that at the end of the day. It's, you know, it potentially is the indicator of issues that are underlying in our society everywhere. But the fact that it's prevalent in the media um, and the entertainment industry is a, because that's the platform where it's easily talked about, right? Um, that they are, the women are in potentially now positions of somewhat power to be able to stand up and talk and have people listen. Because this could be happening, you know, if what's happening at that level is indicating everywhere in society, this could be happening at, in every business, right? But they don't have the platform to talk about it. Um, and so it's, it's interesting, right? Uh, this is potentially a very... Well, that's interesting. Um, so like me... <laughs> um, so like kind of talking about it a little bit is... I mean, this has the potential to be something very positive at the end of the day, right? It's, a, it's an obviously an underlying issue in our society, and now people are talking about it. Um, and according to some of these women, 20, 30 years, this has been in the making. Right. And it took a small group coming forward to give people the courage and start talking about it and realizing that, oh, my God, I'm not alone in this. I'm not suffering from this. Um, and so it definitely has the potential to enter into our society as a larger discussion. And I guess... My question is, like, or question or concern is that hopefully it does, right? It isn't just, oh, well, we fired so-and-so, we fired so-and-so, we fired so-and-so, we fired so-and-so, problem solved now. Not really. Right. If you're starting to look at the, the kind of broad spectrum that this is encompassing, it's not just a few individuals. There's obviously something going on either in our society or our culture or however you want to phrase it. So that is like a subculture. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if this... Powerful men, you know. I haven't heard of this happening with women yet. Two men, but powerful men who take advantage and use their power to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe subculture is the right term. I'm not sure, but I just feel like it's. No, no, I'm just saying. No, no, it's not obscure. I just don't. I don't know that. Again, because last time was, I said obscure, and then I said no. <laughs> no, but um. My, my concern is always that it's obviously a very uncomfortable topic, right? Because as soon as accusations come out, they fire people, which in essence is a good thing. But there needs to be a discussion about why this happened, how this is happening, why is it happening apparently so frequently and commonly. Um, and and it seems like the, the easiest way to stop the discussion is being like, oh, we fixed the problem, whether you're an executive or a board member or something. We fixed the problem. We got rid of so-and-so. Um, and as your own smaller organization, that's very easy to – to say we only kind of care about what's going on with us, we fix that problem, but it's just an indicator of a much larger problem, if that makes sense. And that's always, I mean, at least my concern looking at, like you said, if you're looking at your daughters and your loved ones who are going to grow up, yeah, they fired so-and-so who's the top of a certain production company or whatever, but is that fixing the larger problem we have as a community, a society, however you want to look at it? So, like, normally when things like this go on, not exactly like this, but big things that come out, corporate world they would hold some bullshit like sensitivity training need a man with sensitivity a man like that's Ralph Tresvant who used to be in New Edition I know you guys don't know that one let 
don't need a man to give you <laughs> So in big corporations, I'm listening. You said they give sensitivity training. <laughs> hey. Transferring somebody over here or firing somebody there, it, it, it doesn't fix the issue. And I think it needs to be a global changing of mind, mindset. You know, I'm sure it's not just here in the United States. I'm sure it's throughout the world where this type of stuff goes on. So what is, you know, firing somebody will not solve the issue. Does suing somebody solve the issue? No, that's not going to solve the issue either. Does a big way think that, like, if they get sued and have to pay millions of dollars, then they'll stop? So are you, are you saying that, because in, in my opinion, like, I feel like, yeah, okay, people are put in positions of power and then, uh, you know, power goes to the head. They think they can do anything under the sun and get away with anything and talk to people any kind of way they want. But I also think it's a matter of uh, the individual, you know. So obviously, like we're uh, more and more cases are coming out about this stuff and females being sexually harassed, sexually assaulted, and whatnot um, from people that are in positions of power. But how many, like, how many people are just are not in positions of power going around doing this stuff? Like, I feel like there's an individual, like, there's a trace there in in the individual of something beyond just being in that position of power that is causing them to th to think that they can treat women any kind of way, you know? Does that make sense? So I understand what you're saying. Like, even if they're not some big powerful CEO, that there's still uh, accosters out there and molesters out there and people who try to do all these things out there. But right. the difference is, at is that these are people of power who are trying to use their power to do stuff like that. I mean, at the end of the day, to make someone, bend someone to your will, male or female, you've got to be in a position of power, whether it's psychological, holding a job over their head, or having a knife, a gun, using violence. Anytime you're bending, getting someone to do something they don't want to do, you're in a position of power. And so I think the part about this, I don't want to say is more concerning than others, is that there are people whose livelihoods are at stake or their, their potential careers. And like, while your very life is something, but it, the problem is that it, it seems normalized in some of these industries, right? Like, hey, this is just what you have to do. Whereas, like you said, Jason, there, there are people who you're afraid of, right? The guys who don't have to be in those, power, those positions of power, but you know to be afraid of them, right? They're strangers. They are people you, you don't want to bump into and you do, and then things happen. But I think the, part of the problem with this is that these are people who are somewhat familiar. They are people you have to encounter for certain aspects of your life, career and whatnot. Um, and I think that's what a lot of this is about, right? Is that it, that's when the inequality issue that Jeff brought up comes into play a little bit. Don't know if that's the best answer, but. So obviously we're not going to come to a
solution come from this generation of men and women teaching their sons, especially, but daughters as well, you know, teaching their sons, you do not do this. You know, this is not acceptable. You know, we go back to almost a little over a year ago when we talked about the Stanford rape case, about how the father of that little piece of shit was like, oh, he's on the, uh, on the swimming team, he shouldn't be, you know, held accountable, and, and you'll ruin his life. Well, fuck you, dude, because your son just ruined this woman's life, mm-hmm. you know? And it's going back to these entitled, just entitled pieces of shit who think that it's okay, you know? Oh, yeah, I'll do this, and they'll fear for their job, you know? Going back, like, I've spoken to people in the past, in the 1950s, where a woman would be raped by her boss or told to do this or that or this or that, and they just shut up because they needed a job. Because they they needed a job so bad for their family that they just stayed silent and didn't say anything for fear of reprisal. You know? You look back at all the piece of shit advertisements and commercials out there saying that the woman's place is in the kitchen and the woman's place is cleaning and scrubbing this for the man. It was a generations of just men thinking this way, thinking that it's okay for this woman just to be in the kitchen and to serve you and be subservient. And there have been great steps taken to lose that stigma, but obviously it's not enough because you still have this going on. You have this going on that was 10 years ago or 20 years ago of these things coming out now. You also have things that are recent that are coming out now. And I don't know if just the media shining lights on this will not cure it, but subdue it. Like, how does this happen? I know that people have to talk to their children and people have to talk to their friends It's not just like an adult to child thing. You know, like us talking about it on here, people listen to this and it gets through their heads. It's me talking to you two. It's me talking to 10 other friends that I have at work, you know, about it. You know, I I see social media, people laughing about it. You know, oh, people should just get over it and this, that, the other thing. No, you know, when I wrote that piece on social media, what if it was your mother, daughter, you know, sister, the whole bit. Think about it personally. Would you still be fucking laughing? It's not fucking appropriate and it is disgusting and disgraceful for somebody to think that they can have that mindset of the power over somebody else. And I'm proud of myself because I didn't say and things like that. And I was talking pretty fucking fast. So, like, it's interesting. I'll just get enraged about shit and I'll talk faster. So... Like, and I have, an, like, a question, just because, like, you got me thinking about the idea of, like, the history of it, right? And the, these cultural advertisements and things like that, that who are the, do you, can you recall the first few women who stepped forward and started this movement? Because I can't, and I'm just, it's a sheer, I'm not trying to, like, put you on the spot. So with this recently, I think Alyssa Milano was the first one to start. So I think that's an interesting point, right? Because that's what I remember. I remember it being, like, younger women. Mm-hmm. And so, like, man, um, this, is gonna, this is going to sound bad. yeah, yeah. And so, like, no, I'm, not, I'm not in no way, shape, or form trying to make an excuse, but, like, change, change takes time. And it's interesting that the younger women, right, we're not looking at the women from the 50s and the 60s who, like you're talking about, right, um, 
actresses or whoever who have pro- obviously were in those scenarios. And maybe there is a changing culture, right? And maybe we are in a, a pivot point that stuff is changing, that women feel like they can come forward and say something. Well, I mean, I don't want to say stronger, and I'm not trying to be like, I'm not saying the other women were strong, even, but like at the end of the day, our society is getting to a point where they feel like this is the time to start talking about it and fixing it. Um, not that it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Or just that, like you said, those, those, we don't see those advertisements on TV anymore that this is your place, that things have slowly been changing. Um, obviously not fast enough, right? But that maybe we are at this, this kind of crucial point and how we handle it as a society and how we continue to talk about it um, can have a much longer and lasting impact because we, you're right, we didn't see it during the 50s and 60s and you'll hear stories from people that you talk to, that's just the way it was, you know, that's, right. that's the excuse. Right. But the fact that I think it's a younger generation of women to a certain, in the scheme of things, right? It's not 60 and 70 year old women who are no longer in the industry and worried about their careers, but it is people who are still potentially in their prime, who can still be doing things, are coming forward and saying stuff, I think is a, a point worth noting. And then you do see older women saying, well, you know what? It's been that way for a while. And so I'm just trying to find kind of like a glimmer of hope that this isn't just a flash in the frying pan incident, um, especially after hearing your, your talk about over time. And so it just got me thinking about that. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, bro. And I, I feel like, uh, at somebody has to step up in order for others to step up as well, right? So whoever the first person was to step up, somebody she told somebody and somebody said, listen, you have power, right? Like this person is not more powerful than you. And they stepped up and said, listen, this happened to me. And I think now... Uh, you know, because of that voice, then other people are able to step up and, and realize that they have power as well. And that these people, that, that these other people that are in these, these uh, higher positions, these executives, whoever they might be, people that have kind of control of the process, don't have control of the person. They don't have the power of the person. So luckily, somebody stepped up and others realize that yeah these people don't have power over me they control the process but they don't have power over me and so that's the beautiful thing and i think that's like that's what i want to that's what i want to uh leave my daughter with like you are powerful like you have control over you somebody may control a process but they don't control you and they don't have power over you as a person and as a human being and as a female. And you are just as smart and just as intelligent and you have to recognize when that's occurring and be able to step up and say, no, I'm not gonna do this. No, that's not in this description. No, I know better. And I am more powerful than what you think or how weak you think that I am because I'm a female. You know? No, I an amazing point, Jason. That was really good. See, I just rambled, but you put it together nicely. Yeah. Well, I had time to listen to you. <laughs> no, man. I, I thought the professor was going to jump back on. He's snapping his finger. I thought he had no, something. I agree with you, oh. man. That was amazing. That was like the beatnik. No, but it, 
And it's difficult, right? Because now, from the male perspective, we have to check ourselves too, right? We got to check our egos. We got to check whatever position we think it is that we have over just, just be it historically or, uh, you know, from, from, the, from the male side of it. Like, we're not powerful over anybody. Like, we, we whatever, whoever's in the position, like, your job is to make sure the job gets done with the right people. Your job is not to try and control and manipulate people to get the job done, right? And so, so to me, a lot of things always tie back to like character and leadership and, 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 and that kind of stuff, right? Like, cause that, that's what resonates with me. And you have people in positions, I feel, that are in control of processes or, or making, or circumstances or whatever, but they may not have the best character. They may not be a leader. They may not how, know how to leverage their influence in a positive way. So they try and leverage their influence in a different kind of way. And it's a character flaw. And they're basing, I feel like those people are basing it off of uh, other weak characters and leadership that they've seen and think that because they saw that happen that they can do it as well yeah it's definitely right like it's it can be much more than just the male female sexual dynamic right a position in power can manipulate a person in power can manipulate someone to do anything right like potentially and so it is it's a matter of character it's a matter of these things and i thought you brought up a good point jason because no matter no matter how aware we are as a society, as a culture, and all this different stuff, there's always going to be people out there that are the boogeyman, the bad guy, who manage to get to positions of power and do things. And we can be the best in the world at you know, equality and all these different things. People are going to find their way into those positions. And so it's also important to have that, that personal courage and strength. And I think that's a really good point, especially, you know, and maybe that is, like I said, the, one of the takeaways of this movement, right, is that, standing up and saying something so I, I like the idea that you can have uh so in some of these circumstances right um i feel like it, it's well you know i don't I was going to say, like, it seems like the lines get blurred because it might have been it might have been somebody going to somebody's hotel room late at night. And then uh, the perception is, well, what did you think was going to happen? Right. That's the perception from the outside. Yeah. So but that's that's the thing, because stuff like that happens. Right. And automatically, if a person's in a position of of power and influence and Exactly. Right. Or it's even if you do go to wherever it is that you're going to go with this other person in this position, the, the person that has the influence is trying to leverage their authority in order to get what it is that they want. And so 
I don't know where the teachings come in, but the teachings, well, as a man, I feel like the teachings come in with, well, you should know better and this, this, and that, but like that, obviously, people don't know better, you know? Yeah, you can't rely on, I know one of the arguments is always like, your upbringing, you got to be brought up, but yeah. I mean, it's a lot of it is when you get out of the real world and you realize that. I was mm-hmm. the only one. Brought, it's it's got to be like a larger societal standard, right? Like our yeah. awareness of mm-hmm. how to treat people. Mm-hmm. So, kind of like piggyback off of what Jeff was saying about yeah, you know, being better for each other. Mm-hmm. Because if you your parents can do everything in the world, raising you right, and the first time you go out and you realize like I'm the only one that's been, you know, not saying that's an excuse, yeah. but it's very easy to get swallowed up sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, it, like it go to to anybody that's committed a crime or anything along those lines. Like they could have had decent upbringings the parents could have been great people and and their parents could have thought that they taught them everything under the sun that they thought was correct for those moments in time where they had to to give them those lessons but something happened and this person went left so you know i i'm i'm glad that all of this is occurring and i mean especially for us right with with young daughters is it i i think that it's 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 a blessing for us that this stuff is occurring now so that they can see great examples of women that have stepped up with courage and with with dignity and with integrity and said this happened and we can't allow it to happen anymore so that our young kids who are about to go into the workforce right into the professional workforce not not like these high school jobs where they work you know four hours a week, but actual professions, and they're gonna have people in positions of power and influence that could, that, uh, that, that are males that try to persuade them into doing things that they don't wanna do. And it happens, man, we see it all the time, bro. We see it all the time, you know what I mean? And so we, I'm glad that this is happening now so that they can see that they have power and that, and that, yeah, stuff like that is not okay. Do you mind if I read a little uh, Facebook post that I just got sent? If you read it in one of your voiceover voices. So I put this up on Facebook today just because, and it's like my third or fourth post that I put up on Facebook regarding this subject. And I just almost feel a need, like, I'm a proponent, propeller, I'm a proponent for women. Jeff, you need some sensitivity training. Can I can I take a twenty second right there? Because I feel like the there's an underlying. Here's what I feel. I am. I am. I am. I'm about to speak like the truth right now. I feel like what's encouraging about this. We talk about leadership and positions of influence and authority. That because we have someone right now who is in the highest position ever 
who has uh, females that have spoken out against him, I feel like that has encouraged other women to step up like because they, they see the example right there. That that person right there is the prime example of a person that has used their position to try and get what it is that they want out of females. And so now the light is shed on individuals like that that we that women will not allow themselves to be put in positions by, by people that are in power that think that they can do whatever they want to females. And I feel like if there's anything, if there's a, a light in all of this that comes from that person, it's that he has opened up this, this different paradigm and now females are like, you know what? This, like, this is ridiculous. He, that person doesn't have all of the power. That person doesn't have power over me. So I feel like that if there's a light there from that individual, then hopefully this has been part of that. I don't know, man. Like, I, did, I didn't... I mean, it started with, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot there you can research and find out and read about, you know? I'm just impressed that it's you talking about politics to a point today, and I'm not. It's great. Well, I mean, right, when you talk about, because uh, listen, like, I, we've been, we've been I, like, I've been in position, I probably said some inappropriate things to females before, right? I've probably been in a position of power before, and... And I, I would like to think that I haven't leveraged my position of power to get something out of a female that uh, was inappropriate or unbecoming of me. Um, but I probably have said some things before that were inappropriate, shouldn't have been said as a leader in a position where other people are looking at me, where that person is looking at me saying, this is the person that, I'm, that I have to follow and that I need to follow and that uh, can help align my career for better or for worse, I hope that I haven't said something that has come across um, as uh, inappropriate or I have the power over you. So, and so like we have to have that reflection. So I feel like that's the greatest reflection right there, that this is what they're talking about. This is what females are talking about right there. So I just had to feel like it had to be brought up because it's part of it. Is this your version of a man? Someone who heartily laughs while 
sticking out their chest at so many others' pain. Because to me, a man would empathize and figure out ways to educate their fellow quote-unquote men to try to stop these disgraceful sexist actions, sexist actions from occurring again. Think about it. Be a part of the solution, not the problem, and man the fuck up. Uh, I appreciate you sharing those thoughts. Thank you <laughs> hey, listen, bro, this is uh, this is a fifty-fifty thing, man. Uh, well, uh, well, the professor yeah, again. You're, uh, you know, who's the cat that used to be on uh, uh, Johnny Carson's couch? Uh, uh, Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were both Johnny Carson. Is this a hey, yeah? I'm Johnny. He's Carson. Yeah, uh, I'm the comedian they invite to. Uh, you're doing the 80, uh, 80 Is that what we called it? <laughs> yeah, uh, So here, one thing that I I would say about your statement there is the last part where you say man the fuck up and i think we've had this conversation with adam silva on the, on the podcast a couple of times I, like, those are your words bro like but the man the fuck up part is where we as men it seems like we don't know what it is right because you got dudes over here using their position for whatever for their own personal stuff so the, it, it's like, it's like human being the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, just be a better person in general. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to do with being a man or a woman or manning up. Like it's like human being up, bro. Like if these people, the people that were doing this have daughters and wives and moms. Oh, ah oh, man. <laughs> we're gonna end on a happy note, man. We're gonna end on a happy note, of course. But man, I th I think uh, yeah, you 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 laid it out there. If it was somebody you knew, somebody related to you, and I, isn't that crazy? Like these. These names have th these names of these powerful individuals. They have daughters, and and you, I mean, you see them all over, all over the media with their families and everything. It's like, wow. Well, not just to build off what you were saying about like human being up. Like, it, it shouldn't matter if they're related to you, right? Like, if you are this per trying to be a good person, and you see another person, like, it shouldn't take making it personal, right? We should have empathy for other people. And like it, it's unfortunate that it takes making it personal for people, but sometimes that's what you have to do. And like I think that's part of the problem is that a lot of people are like it's not personal to them, right? And uh, that that's part of the problem, right? Is that we have to make things personal. So start getting a more a larger worldview, like you said, not man up, human being up, and remember that yeah, you're part of something bigger than just your unit. And uh, yeah. This dude said. <laughs>
great point like they were given this like it's almost like they were given this like and now it's like you define who you are nobody else has to define who you are um and brian brought something up earlier you know uh i think it's good that we can talk about this as men um but not having the female perspective on this particular episode um, obviously, it's something that we're cognizant of, and we would like to have that representation here, but it just didn't happen today. Um, but, you know, I think it's great that we're talking about this because we have to check ourselves, too. Um, and we have to check the other men that uh, may be doing some of these things or that we hear about that may be doing some of these things. You know, we have to stand up for these females as well and say, yo, like, what you're doing is wrong, and I'm calling you out on it, uh, and uh, making sure you know that we're all aware of it. So it, it, it requires us to stand up as men for these females as well and say, um, we've got your back. that women are coming up but like you know if if we're all hanging out and the professor was like well i just was at work and this woman blah 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 and blah 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 like to me it's our responsibility to school him on how that but shit but is. I, I think blah, blah, i'm not blah, 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 the female saying that somebody did something to correct okay no and like you're right but i think it i think like limited to like men need to talk to men and women like we just need to talk to each other, right? Like, to talk to yeah, and I think that's the big thing, right, is that it's this, like, it's an uncomfortable subject, and so, like, we talk to the people we're familiar with about it. It's got to become a subject that we talk to everybody about. Not like you go up and talk to a stranger, but you can't feel like there's only your core group that you talk to about these oh, these right. issues. Yeah, and so, like, that's why, like, you hear a lot of the, the dialogue, like, about, oh, men need to talk to each other. Like, no, you just need to be able to talk about this and so that it doesn't feel like this taboo subject that you have to, like, tuck away. Um, because I think that's been part of the problem, right, is that women talk, didn't talk about it with each other. It was considered, what was the term, locker room talk for guys. So the guys that you're kind of in your little inner circle is that if something feels uncomfortable, you got to be able to talk about it with anybody. And so I think men need to be able to talk about it with women too, right? It's that, like, hey, did, did that make you uncomfortable? I'm sorry, I made a joke. Was that uncomfortable? And then you can find out, like, yeah, actually, it kind of did. You know, you've got to be willing. Or I overheard so-and-so make a joke. Did that make you, you know what I mean? And not be like, ooh, that's weird. I don't want to touch that type thing. Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. What I would say is that it should not get to the point where 
I have to ask you if that made you feel uncomfortable as a female. No, that's a good point. Right? So I shouldn't let something that's going to put you in a position where you feel like you have to decide whether I should go along with this or I shouldn't. And then I have to ask you, oh, is it cool if I say that? Is he like you cool? Like, or you're cool with that, right? Like, it doesn't bother you. I, I get what I get. No, what, yeah, yeah. But I would argue that like you. you no, no, I'm just saying. Sorry, that's like a phrase I'm used to. But like you made the point earlier that you've done stuff that you're probably not even aware of, right. and that we have to have more of that awareness. And I think part of that awareness is being able to take a minute and be like, oh shit, like I said this thing, like, and going to everybody and be like, you know, finding out, right, and letting them know that you're someone that they can come to and say that made me uncomfortable, so that you're not blurring those lines to the point where it gets too too far, right? That all of a sudden someone's looking back and saying, well. I should have said something back then, but I didn't. And so I think that that goes with kind of what you were saying earlier is that sometimes we don't realize the way our words are impacting somebody else. To us, they're harmless, but then it can build a potential pattern. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I, would, I, would, I would say yes, and there is the, when we know like there's the water cooler talk happening or, or the banter or just, uh, you know, uh, Stuff that's not that doesn't necessarily fit into the to the to the work discussion, right? Um, like you're still at work. Let's just say that, right? Or even if you're even if you're not, like anywhere, anywhere, like it, because of the stuff that's come out, like locker room talk. Oh, guys talk like this all the time. Oh, like it's nothing. Uh, blah, blah, blah. like we have to decide as an individual who it is that we want to be and how we want to be perceived. So as men with daughters, do we want individuals talking it, like in a group? Like if a, fe- like if the, if a female is included in the group, right? Like I'm not saying the three of us are talking and then a female walks up and overhears something, right? Like obviously that's a different context. But we're talking about within the context. If and I, I would even say not even within the context because in general, you got to check yourself and you have to know who you are as a person and as an individual. And if somebody opens you up, are they going to see the same pers- person on the inside that's on the outside? You know? And I think my point is trying to like help build on that, right? Because like you said, well, no, because you, you talk about perception, right? Like how we want to be perceived. Mm-hmm. And if I tell someone at work like, hey, your hair looks pretty today. I intend a very specific thing with that. I'm giving them a compliment about their haircut. I'm not necessarily, but it can be perceived a different way, right? And so. Knowing who you are, like just you, just that person, like you, Brian, I know who I am. And I know when I say, your hair looks pretty today. I genuinely, and from a place of pureness, yeah. am saying that your hair looks pretty today. But at the end of the day, you brought the word of like perception, right? Like. Mm-hmm. That can be taken a bunch of different ways. Like from if you say that to 20 different people throughout the day, I can have a 20 different impacts. And so that's why I said being able to have that comfortable discussion and say, hey, you know, like I, I realized I said that earlier. I just want to let you know that I was just giving you a compliment, nothing crazy. Or like if that makes you comfortable, please let me know that having, being able to have that open dialogue mm-hmm. about it is important because perception is very key, right? Um, it's the way that we present things are not always how others receive them. And so having 
open conversation about uncomfortable issues helps resolve that yeah. earlier. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was like getting at. So that's why I wanted to like talk about yeah. the word you use for perception because that's important. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that, no, I think that's, that's, that's accurate, you know, and it's not, and to his last point there, if I could build on his last point and <laughs> no, it, it, uh, it, it's, it, 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 is have, being able to have the discussion about the hard things yes. with everybody and, and, and hear other people's perspectives and get different points of view and, and then walk away and say... Being confident to, talk, to bring yeah. it up and humble enough to hear it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and that, that's what I like about these discussions, right? The, one, the ones that we've had over the past few weeks about race, about uh, harassment, uh, you know, uh, I think that we've been able to have hard discussions and, and uh, maybe not see eye to eye on some things, but see eye to eye on, on most things, um, but then be able to walk away from it and say, wow, I feel better. I know I'm better be as a result of that. So that, that was different from, but I, I, would also, I read in a book by Mark Echo, who uh, is the designer, done clothes, written a complex magazine anyways, uh, Shout out to Mark Echo, man. You tweeted me back one time, man. It was amazing. I was so happy that day you tweeted me back. Uh, so I, I'll tag you on this podcast, man. Maybe you'll retweet it um, and, you know, put us in a complex magazine or something like that. Yo, this is a good podcast, Mark Echo, if you're listening, when you listen. Anyways, in one of his books, it might be his only book, but it's a fantastic book. He says, perception is perception. Reality is reality, right? Because you hear the thing, perception is reality. But it's not to Brian's, I think, and he didn't specifically say this, but it, it is perception is perception. You know who you are. So I know if I'm genuinely stating that your hair is pretty, I know you're very welcome. I know that when I'm saying, hey, I need this done from you as your leader, that it's coming from a a pure stance, and I'm not trying to get anything out of you other than the best work that you can do for that role. So perception is perception. Reality is reality. If you go, if you walk in, and I don't, I don't mean to sound like, yeah, we're going to make this a beast mode moment. I don't mean to sound like, uh, because I'm not like, uh, I, ha I have my faith, but I'm not like a spiritual person, this, these kind of things. But um, if you walk, like, it's like if you walk in pureness, right? If I know what's inside of me, if I know my own heart, and I know how, what I want to leave behind and what I want to demonstrate my, to my daughter more specifically and demonstrate to my to my ancestors and and to my and 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 be a good uh model of what my parents have tried to create then i that's my reality and if i live in that then others will see that as the reality as well and their perception of me is going to be the reality that i live each and every day which makes it the reality is the reality, and that person on the other side is going to see me for what I really am.
could go to bed right now. <laughs> it's going to be really embarrassing if, like, you tweet a Mark Echo and he's like, dude, I didn't write that shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did. He tweeted me back. He tweeted me back. Shout out to Mark Echo. You tweeted me back, man. And I, well, because I've, I've dealt with so many situations throughout my life where, personally, I stopped giving a shit what anybody thinks of me a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Right. I know who I am. I know what type of character I have. Mm -hmm. I know that I never have motive. I know that I act the way that I act, and that's it. And no, the word motives is, is the perfect description. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I've been yet. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. Listen, he's dropping bombs. No, no, so I guess my question is then, like, when you realize someone has a different perception of you than what your reality is, what do you do? Do you try and fix that? Do you, it's just a question I have, because like, because I hear it, like, hey, this is who I, and then where did, where did, I don't want to say like, where did I go wrong, because that's necessarily right, but like, where was the miscommunication on who I was? Was it, was it in some of my actions that were just perceived differently? Like, it's just an interesting thing to like talk about, right? It's because like I know who I am, but then I've had conversations with people like, hey, like you're really intimidating because you're quiet, you hold off, you do all this, and I consider myself kind of a somewhat warm person. And then I realize like, oh man, I've got to be, I know who I am, but if people aren't perceiving that, maybe the part of the, and maybe we're getting too deep of like issues and stuff, but. Like, if you think you're some way and other people don't think you are that way, maybe it's, I mean, you've got to have that discussion, right? Sure. So I like that. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it where it's going. I like, like it where it's going. Like, shoot that. I was just no, like, no, no, okay, I, I have a question because I get that a lot. So I'm not, I'm like, I'm not trying to answer anything, but the way that I'm hearing it and the way that it's resonating with me is that, like, you still go through your growth phases, mm -hmm. right? So somebody may see you at a point where you could be angry, you can be sad, you can be upset, you can have all, you can have any kind of emotion, and somebody may see you in a certain type of emotion. So at that particular point in time, they see you in that light, right? And then I think additionally, there's another layer where you're just going through a growth phase in life. Like I'm different from my 20s than I was in my 30s, then I'm gonna be in my 40s, and you know what I mean, and and so on. Like I didn't listen to. Uh, every piece of knowledge and that my dad tried to instill in me when I was 18 through 22 and, you know, from 25 to 28. And so obviously there's those growth phases there as well. And so at that point in time, we might not recognize that the, what we are actually portraying is actually what is happening, right? Because we haven't hit that certain growth phase in our life where we can even reflect on ourselves to be able to say, damn, I am that way. You know what I mean? So there's some self, I think there's a piece of self-awareness there as well. Uh, if like just the way that that statement resonated with me. So you're saying I've got a lot of growing up to do still. I'm saying we all got a lot of growing up to do. And I'm saying um, that in, in a lot of aspects, we shouldn't grow up because 
there was a pureness to us and a genuineness to us and a kindness to us when we were a lot younger. So we have to be able to reflect and say, those gems right there are the gems that I want to take. That genuine one, I want to take this kind one, I want to take this caring one from those points in my life where uh, there weren't that many worries. And I want to take these, these gems with me. Um, so in those aspects, in those respects, yeah, I don't want to grow up. But in other ways, yes, I do want to mature and I do want to be able to have conversations that I wouldn't have been able, the conversations that we've had over the past month on this podcast, man, five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to have some of these conversations. Conversation about race and the N-word and, and uh, things like that. I wouldn't have been able to have those conversations five years ago. Probably even three years ago, I wouldn't have been able to have those conversations. So for you, Brian said it's twofold, and I have something for you as well, Mr. Yeah, yeah. You're, so I think the whole perception Jeff that, Jordan, right? that it's, uh, I think that it's uh, twofold where the people whose perception, they, they, as we were talking about, they need to communicate. And they need to say, so this happened. Blah, blah, blah. Was that the case? You know? And for you, exactly. you feel as if somebody might have taken something the wrong way out of context, context, or totally misunderstood what you said. That I thought there was a ghost, and then there's a ghost on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you need to set them straight and be like, no, absolutely not. That's, that's what it was. And for Yeye, it's what the hell did you? How, how you weren't able to talk about something five years ago or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Like to me, the whole thing that we were saying about communication, we all need to talk about whatever it is, whenever, and the whole bit. The whole no, thing no. that we talked about, the, the whole thing that we talked about with uh, a, a woman being able to step up and say, I'm ready to talk about this now. Like, right. four, ten years ago, five years ago, right. maybe it that person didn't feel like they could come up. Yeah. Jeff. Man, we always do. Okay, maybe not always. And I think, well, and I think for as serious as a subject it is, we, I don't want to say found the silver lining, but brought some positive aspects and angles to it, which I think is important, right? Because it's, it it's actually, <laughs> well, no, it's just, it's a depressing topic, right? When you see, like, like you said, Jeff, like, uh, oh, gosh, who's coming out this night? Like, it's really depressing to feel, see how big of an issue this is. But to hear about the positive impact that it can have, women bringing this up is, is huge. Like, that's, it's a good thing. We just have to continue the discussion and keep it going. And it's empowering. I thought that's where the professor was going to go. <laughs> I thought I, I was, but I want to steal your thunder. You're over there like just stimulating like a madman. Because he, like, he said he said it's he said it's depressing, and I was like, and I was, in my head, I'm like, it's also empowering, because it, well, us as men, like for us as men, obviously, like this issue it for females, like I'm not like I'm not trying to take away, like there's an issue here where men are using their power to to try for different motives, right? So for, for, me, for us, it's empowering. Like, it's empowering for me so that I can understand that point of view and be able to listen to it and be able to look for it and be able to talk to my daughter about it. But for females, 
for females to see other females and other females in industries that uh, probably don't like don't probably come out and say all this stuff all the time, right? This and businesses and companies, they probably are. They might be ladies that step up and say, "Hey, this is inappropriate." But in certain different industries, like where you may think that I have to do this because this is what has always happened. It's empowering for a female specifically in those industries to be able to be like, oh, she said it. You know what? I'm coming up and I'm having her back and I'm going to empower another female to come up and say, yeah, this happened as well. Jeff, professor, you know what time it is, man. It is time where Jeff. Oh, this I'm gonna. This is gonna be interesting, right? So wait, Jeff. Can I go back and try to remember what I said? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And this is how it typically works, right? Well, I don't know. Do I do, do the beast mode moment and then say Jeff has to find Jeff's joint? Dude, the last one was like I don't know. But so while Jeff uh, is in pursuit of Jeff's joint, you know, Jeff's joint is a nice uh, a nice way to kind of wrap up this entire episode through song because Jeff is a musician, uh, won so many contests back in the days, um, and is now using that creative mind to go out and do voiceover acting. And one day he's going to make it big in that. And he might be the next uh, like a rock voice uh, for the trucks. But while he's looking for that, uh, we're going to talk about the beast mode moment, which we did say that the quote from Mark Echo, where perception is perception and reality is reality, is essentially the beast mode moment. And we unpacked it a little bit. And I explained uh, how I how I took that quote um, and kind of how I look at it and how I unpackage that quote uh, for me personally. But I would like to hear uh, a takeaway from the professor because he can't be on the Beast, the Beauty and the Beast Mode podcast without giving us takeaways. So, Professor, we would like to hear your takeaways from today's episode. And give us as many as you got. You can start. Remember at the very beginning of the episode, we talked about Jeff doing his voiceover stuff, being stuck in traffic. Uh, and then we transitioned. So there's there's might be a few in there for you. There's a lot of it. Um, this episode is probably, I mean, I've done a couple. But this one was really interesting. I feel like things flowed really well. And so for me, I think, like, there's just kind of this reoccurring theme, especially after hearing the beast mode moment, right? But perception is perception, reality is reality. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's about communication. Um, a not being afraid to allow yourself to be heard, not being afraid to like listen, right? Because I think that's Did you just say AA? I feel like you said A and then you said A. So like the first thing is like not being afraid to allow yourself to be heard. The second thing is like sitting back and listening. Like being being humble and being able to take that that criticism, right? Because the the big fear or the potential fallback with the perceptions, perception reality is reality is you you get people who say things like, well that's not what I meant. And they, they sit back, right? And they mm-hmm. say, that's not my fault, right? Because I said this, and this is what I meant. 
from sitting back and having those open ears and listening and saying like, oh, well, shit, I did say that. That's not what I meant. This is a chance for us to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. And a lot of it comes, I think, just with communication. Like, like, like Jeff said, he, you know, he was having, not to put words in your mouth, but you were kind of busting out your freaking uh, – voiceover work on the phone you pulled over and you told the guy what happened and now you're going down to orlando on the 22nd to kind of shoot a thing and uh some people you know what i mean are always <laughs> trying to you know fake the funk and get through it and just do good enough and so to like sit there and be humble in that moment and say like hey look here's the deal bro like this is what's going on um and not being afraid of the repercussions of that because i could have been like well why'd you waste my time right um and so it's all about communication not being afraid to be heard and having humility to sit back and listen for a minute and actually actually listen um and have empathy so i think that's kind of something that popped up over this podcast over and over to me and it seemed really important uh and that i found myself bringing up over and over because it just seemed like uh, mm-hmm. some, some common glue yeah. cool brother well, we appreciate that professor ladies and gentlemen uh the man on the other side of the table looks like he's ready with jeff's Joint. Yeah, I know that voice. <laughs> I know that's right. Alicia Keys. No funny, no funny looks this time, man. Alicia Keys. Is that, is that, I, 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 could, I, I, um, so, Hefe, tell us about that and why you chose it. Be better. Be better. Be better. It's the men and women in the business. Women in? Women in.
as the professor in me said, as human beings on this planet, have those hard thoughts, step up together. Ladies and gentlemen, for Beauty and the Beast Mode, this is Yay Yay Martinez. Till next time, peace.